0: In early pops it across for Odegaard who sets himself oh!
1: And welcome to Whatever the Weather, another Arsenal podcast. Listener, you join us on Monday the 19th of February following the Arsenal's entertaining 5-0 victory over Burnley at Turf Moor. Yet another comprehensive win, leaving us two points behind Liverpool, second in the league, and with the best goal difference in the Premier League at 36. Uh, Listener, as always, I'm joined by James and by Dan. Um, Ordinarily at this point, I ask you uh, how you enjoyed the game. On this occasion, the three of us actually watched the game together for the first time since we started doing the podcast. So, um...
0: Stadiums get empty everywhere we go. Stadiums get empty everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Not too shabby, was it, lads? Not at all. I
2: take that all day long. It's as if I I heard a rumour that our game's only last 60 minutes now because we were done and dusted. The bags are packed and <laughs> ready to go home.
0: The stadiums well, get empty everywhere we go. I was a we little go. bit disappointed, to be fair, because we only scored five. Um, it seems like the team's regressing a bit, actually. Yeah, you want well, your ten. The you, last want podcast, your ten you did you, call for ten. You did yeah. call for ten, yeah. Um. So, a bit disappointed. I think the lads could could have done a bit better there. Um, <laughs> I
2: I remember, um, listener, about... It must be fifteen or years ago, so show my age a little bit. um, Where newly promoted teams would try and take the piss, and they'd sing songs like um, "Champions League, you're having a laugh" and all that kind of stuff. And they'd say in an ironic way, "as in like your shit." Whereas I think now we should start singing "Premier League, we're having a laugh." Premier (laughs) League, because this is just too easy, isn't it? This is just too easy. Last five games. Crystal Palace five 0 Nottingham Forest away two one win made out harder than we should have done. Liverpool the the of of course the champions of the winter the the that you know the the Jurgen Klopp <laughs> homecoming queens dispatched three one. Did they even have a shot on target, listener? I don't know. Um, West Ham away six 0 Umberley away five 0 I mean, look, this is this is all too easy. There's there's a there's a, there's a meme going on, listener. That I'm sure you've all seen on the socials. Um are Highlights of the last uh, two shots that we've had on target against us lasts a grand grand total of fourteen seconds. I
1: think it? <laughs> Burnley had zero shots on target this game, didn't they? As well, they certainly so did. they Raya certainly didn't did. Raya didn't have a lot to do. No, to no, that. not at all. Look, yeah. I mean,
2: the the negative amongst us mm. that's usually reserved for me would say that it's only Burnley, and look, let's have it right. Burnley are. Um, almost relegation certainties if there is such a thing mm. uh, in the middle of February, but you still got to go there and do the job. Right. And I think um, the performance following well on from West Ham, it, it, we've always got uh, it in us as Arsenal to have a little bit of after the Lord Mayor show, but um, we we picked up exactly where we left off. Um, same team that started against West Ham. Really pleased with that. Um I know there was a lot of call for Jorginho to, to start against West Ham, and he didn't following his man-of-match performance against Liverpool. Um, but he didn't play against against West Ham, he didn't play against Burnley. It just just goes to show that maybe Mikel does know exactly what we need. And, um, yeah, I mean, not only does he know what we need, but he's he's getting us playing like we did last season. He's taking the handbrake off. Um, a goal inside four minutes, I thought it was a blistering start. Um, the team's really clicking. I think all the worries we had in the first half of the season – um seem to have gone away. I know there's a lot of other uh um supporters that will will, will credit all of this on uh Salt Bay um and the <laughs> vitamin D that you can get out in <laughs> Dubai. But um I don't know whether it's that or it's a break or it's just the team have uh, realized that now this is go to time. You know, we, we, we spoke a lot before on the previous pod about the, the lack of room for error. Um and we know that look, let's be honest, we've we've not done anything yet, but it just seems the team have really kicked up a gear and it's It's brilliant. It's brilliant to see it.
0: No, mate, I I completely agree. Um, I think what you said about taking the handbrake off is spot on, but I also think now that we're finding a balance where not only are we now controlling the game and making chances, we're defensively so solid. Like, we're not allowing teams any type of shots, uh, you know, on our goal. And that's down to Mikel's tactics it's down to great performances from you know the defenders. Um, David Raya, I think, has been fantastic these past few games. Um, is quiet down a lot. Well, I had of those... A lot to do,
2: to be fair, is he?
0: Yeah, but I mean, um, <laughs> at, starting our attacks, We've done more. And, oh, I suppose, yeah, starting attacks. Yeah, um, I think his calmness at the back and um, his presence, I think, is quiet down a lot of the oh, we want Aaron Ramsdale questions and you know. I think that's died down now because he's Mm. starting to show exactly what Mikel wanted and I don't Mm. think there's too much argument at the moment of who should be our number one Um, I've been really impressed not only with the way we've attacked but defensively Um, I'm really pleased at the way we are and so the balance is there I think it's just now maintaining that and getting the consistency which we've shown over the past five games but continuing that on, because as we said previously, um, there's no margin for error anymore. So um, I feel like we're showing consistency, we're showing uh, stability, and um, long may it continue.
2: Have we found our team? Have we found our team?
1: Seems it a bit, doesn't it? I
2: I mean, who would have thought? I mean, last season, I mean, look, Gabriel Jesus, Alexander Zinchenko, Thomas Partey were absolutely nailed on starters, and and all three of them have missed huge chunks of the season through injury. Obviously, Gabriel Jesus after the World Cup last year um, missed missed a huge part of the, the season. But I don't think we've really missed them that much this this campaign. Um, I feel like we've really started to hit a bit of bit of form and a bit of a formula. Um, Tommy Asu as well has been missing, so we, we've we've not been shy of an injury or two, but. I just really like the balance of the team at the moment. Um, Jacob Kiwi-Or, I had huge concerns over him at centre back, but he's come in at left back and it's it's freed up Ben Wyatt, who can who can invert with the best of them. Dan, you, you eulogising him on the last pod um, about how Mr Fake Town himself can can drop into centre midfield. Um, it's that's not being harsh, games. Ben. I love fake. him. I love you. I love you, Ben. <laughs> don't worry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. no, how 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 Benny Blanco can can step into midfield? I thought he's superb. It's uh, I could be reading too much into it, but I don't think it's a surprise that that's freed up um, Martin Odegaard and Bakayas Saka a little bit more. They seem to be playing with, with more freedom. Mm.
1: Um, well, I find that interesting as well. As you, you know, you were talking about Raya before, and Raya seeming really, really solid. Um, do you think that that's sort of given Kivior as well, like a, and the rest of the players at the back, like a bit more of a kind of? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it wouldn't necessarily be the same on the Ramsdale. But there is a kind of, I don't know, Dan. I think you, Dan. I think you kind of got it. There is something about Raya that does seem,
0: you so know, it does seem just, solid,
1: workmanlike. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, and I, I love, I, you know, Ramsdale. I love the guy a lot. You know, um, yeah. There's some. There's something about Raya though that that you know. No, I'm. I'm starting to like him. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's actually what I'm just trying to say. And I, you know, I might, you know, I don't mean to speak for, you know, a lot of the fan base, but I think it's taken a lot of time for people to just like him. Um, I, think,
0: I think he's starting to show now what Mikel thought he would add. So just the just the basic things of catching a cross. Raya does that three times more than Ramsdale does. Now, catching those crosses can start attacks, uh, you know, and it gets us on the break, uses our pace. Um, Ramsdale kicks the ball out a lot more um, Raya plays a lot more passes and his um, it, distribution is just better That that's just mm. the way it is and yeah. so uh, defensively he may not have had too much to do recently because of our rock solid defense um, and the way we press as well is just mm. I, we're the best pressing team in the league I think bar none um, and so Raya's brought that stability and then those little extra percentages that mikel wanted he people are starting to see that now
2: fellas can we can we not do this please please we've 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 had two games no goals against let's not go through the the Raya Ramsdale thing again I mean look I will i i look, I make you absolutely right I think things are a lot calmer. um <laughs> one of the things one of the things that rams I mean it did say a lot when Aaron Ramsdale I think he went on I think it was righty's house he went on a podcast um and said something that you know if a game's too easy for him he starts winding up the crowd and this that and the other and yeah i think the defence probably are a lot calmer with david Wright. It probably took a little bit of time for them to get used to him and and vice versa but um yeah I, it, to to answer your point i think it probably does make um i think i don't think it necessarily is just for kiwi but i think the the defence as a whole we seem very we seem a lot calmer this year yeah a lot calmer yeah um, we don't have those harem scarem moments and I know and again I know it's only Burnley it's only West Ham but it was also the case against Liverpool as well and Forest um, when we were put under pressure we we, we dealt with it a lot better um, it could be as well that Saliba's another year it's only his second year in English starting year in English football and you know you forget what a Rolls Royce he is and you know because he's such a supreme talent you forget that but he's still so young um, Gabriel Magalhaish is, is playing as good as he's ever played in his career so yeah i think i don't think it's just one thing i think it's it's the blends coming together and you know going back to the balance of the team sometimes you stumble across things and i'm i'm just wondering you know we said those three key players from last year not featuring this season if you'd have told me that at the start of the season i'd have thought absolutely not you know we wouldn't wouldn't be able to cope but um i think maybe we've we've hit upon something and you know one of the things i really want to talk about would be um as well as uh, as much as you know giving kiwi all his flowers and look and it feels like every week we talk about how good Declan Rice and Bakaya Saka are and and again Martin Odegaard, but I thought that the link up between Trossard and Havertz was the star of the show on Saturday and that that was the real pleasing thing. Um, it, at times, it looked like we played an old fashioned 4 4-4-2 where Kai Havertz was getting forward and Trossard was playing off him, but they were both dropping into the the so-called left A and the attacking midfield they were going up to like, they're nine and a half, aren't they? I mean, that's just modern football. And that fluidity, I just thought was, Burnley couldn't live with it. And, you know, the harsh critic would say there was a couple of half chances where the ball was fired into Kai Havertz and his touch wasn't quite super tight. And in the very biggest of games, you, you, you want him to get that. But you can see, you can see something starting to happen. And I just think, I don't know, I feel like something's cooking.
1: Four goals from open play. You know, last last time we were last time we did this podcast, we were talking about us being like set peaks kings, and yet you know, against Burnley, we had four goals from open play. Um, so it seems like we're 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 pretty good at um, pretty good at lots of stuff. <laughs> you are know. trying to
0: say that we that Arsenal are really good at football?
1: <laughs> Alarmingly, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know,
0: I. I- I do make James right. The balance mm. does look good. I don't know if we're there yet. I, I just can't. I find it very hard to not have a best eleven with either a Gabby Jesus or a Zinchenko in there because mm. they are really good players. Um, I know Kivya's come in and done a great job, but as a more traditional left-back, because we've now let uh, Benny Blanco invert, mm. um, which has worked worked to treat, which has uh, allowed... Bakayo to get more involved Odegaard's dropped a bit deeper so he's you know dictating play and and he's back uh it's no coincidence that Arsenal are playing as well as they are and Odegaard is finding his best form and back to his best um you know so I do appreciate that and the, the link up between Havertz and Trossard is really good but has anyone seen Gabriel Jesus play football before? I mean, on his day, <laughs> he is phenomenal. Like, yeah, he can take apart teams by himself if he if he wants to. Mm. Um, I'm not saying he's found that form exactly this season, but um, and injuries have stopped that. But I just I find it very hard not to have a best eleven if Gabriel Jesus is fit, not to have him starting up front. I mean, it's very hard to argue. Just considering the fact that we've just won 6-0 and 5-0, <laughs> how he gets back in. So I completely appreciate yeah, yeah, that. I yeah, might yeah. be talking absolute bollocks here. No, no, I don't think you are at all. Um, I, at all. Um, I, just, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm I'm just a massive uh, Gabby Jesus fan. Um, and I just... I think our, our, as we all are, and look,
2: if we, if we were playing Man City tomorrow um, and you had a fully fit squad, it would take a man with real strong conviction to not play Gabby Jesus or Alexander Zinchenko. I just felt, particularly with Kiwi, I just feel like I don't, I don't feel. And look, at centre half, I think he has made a few mistakes in his in his short Arsenal career, but at left back, I just feel he looks absolutely solid. I really thought when he came on at half time against Liverpool, I thought that Liverpool were going to really target him, um, and he came through that challenge. Um, West Ham didn't put much of a fight, and nor did Burnley, but it just felt. It just felt right. I, I don't know. Um, with with um, with Trossard and Havertz. I mean, look, Trossard gave us something last season when he came in in that false nine, a bit more of a goal threat. Um, Gabby Jesus, as much as he creates opportunity and he's like our, our technical leader, he presses from the absolute front. He's our our first defender, if you want. Um, but he has he has been guilty of missing some guilt-edged chances. And I just feel like, and, and look, it sounds silly to say that Charles had missed a couple of good chances on Saturday himself, but I just feel like there's, I don't know. I just feel like he's just got more goals in him. I, I don't know. It's, just, it's a strange one. Um, and sometimes in football, it's not always about picking the best technical players or the best ability. It's about picking the best team and the best balance. And I just wonder, have we stumbled across a way of playing um, that suits this squad of players as we are currently? And and obviously look, and it's and it's a squad game, isn't it? It's 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 not a first level. We've been saying this for a couple of pods now. Um it's it's having options and we've got you know, for a long time it felt like our options was Trossard off the bench for Martinelli and not a lot else, but now it feels like well suddenly Jorginho's come into the has proven what he can do, and we've got Jesus is coming back, we've got Zinchenko's coming back. It's starting to feel like we're we're, as I said, we're cooking with something here. And, you know, maybe all along Mikhail was writing that the first half of the season wasn't about doing your load. It was about keeping something in reserve for, for this run-in.
0: And maybe that's what we're seeing. I mean, the goals that we scored recently, I mean, it's kind of also uh, a lot of pundits and a lot of Arsenal fans say, oh, we need a 25-30 goal, a season striker. Um Do we? Do you mean, I mean I don't I know? To, I, I don't think think know. To take the next I mean, step, I think we probably do.
2: But I'm, I mean, of I think course, it helps, the reality right? is the windows the window is firmly slammed shut, isn't it? And I think what we've got now is what we've got to the end of the season, and yeah, we can but... still achieve what we need to achieve between now and end of the season. I think with the squad that we've got, mm-hmm. but I think longer term, yeah, I, I think we'd, yeah, hundred percent. I think we're going to need a striker. Why? Why? Because I think that's the difference between us and Man City at the moment to be really brutally honest, is they have Erling Haaland. Now, I know Erling Haaland uncharacteristically missed a, a hatful of chances against Chelsea. And look, that was one of those games that we watched it, the three of us. But it was one of those games that, on one hand, you see Chelsea's first half performance and you think, well, they're a little bit unlucky to only come away with a draw. But then I see some of the chances that Man City passed up. And I think, well, actually, Chelsea were lucky not to be on the end of a hiding. Um, and Haaland just doesn't miss those chances. And that's the difference. He's so clinical in front of goal. And I think that's the big difference. I think, don't get me wrong, you can. You, it's very easy to go through the City squad and get absolutely drawn into eulogising over all their players. Um, but I think you could do the same for us. I think you could quite easily go through our team, our squad, and be like, you know, oh, you got Saka and Rice and Martinelli and Erdegaard and uh, Nagel Reich and you've got Saliba and Zinchenko and Ben White and all these players, and you could really get carried away just like we can and we all have done with City. But I feel that Haaland's at the sharp
0: end is is the real difference. Okay. All right. Bayern Munich bought Harry Kane. How's that going for him? They did. How's that going for him?
2: goals wise ah. i think he's got 25 goals in 22 games i, I mean if he's playing in a farmers league and i don't really care about what bayern munich could do and the season's not over you know no no but, bayern could well 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 do a lot and, and i know man that
0: C- you've used man city and harland mm. and i get that that's a fair point but i'm telling you bayern munich have just bought a 25 30 goal striker and they're 8 points behind where they're meant to be so i don't mm. think to win a league, you need that type of striker. In fact, no, I, I don't you've think proven... to, to
2: win a league. I think, and, and sorry to talk across you there a little bit, but I think you've got to think that you're up against not only um, an amazing team in Manchester, you're up against the best, one of the best managers that's ever managed. Well, that's ever managed in Pep Guardiola. And not only has he got this amazing team, he's got this amazing freakish player within that team. Obviously, when he was at Barcelona, he had Lionel Messi. Um, I know he had a really good team, but I mean, they didn't obviously go on to win the Champions League. Um, they had Lewandowski and and and, play, and Robin and Ribéry, et cetera. But this Haaland City team, you know, to me, it's no coincidence that City couldn't quite get over that hurdle in Europe. And then Haaland joins and that's what clicks them up again. They go in the treble. And it's not all just down to him. I'm not saying that. I just think that in an era where to get 90 points doesn't guarantee you a title anymore. mm mm-hmm you cannot afford to be wasteful in front of goal. You just need someone who's, you know, as Ian Wright tweeted out, you need a killer. Um, but look, I'm really happy with this team, how it is. I, if, if, if if listener, if that hasn't come across in this episode, then I've done something wrong. You know, I, as I said, I think we've stumbled across a formula. And I think for the remainder of this season, I'm, I'm as optimistic now as I've ever been.
1: Well, you you know that I'm always optimistic about Arsenal and always will be, but um, and I will never give up on us winning the league until it's mathematically impossible. Um, The last few games, I've just really felt, you know, we we really do seem to be onto something. We really do. Um, Yeah, I'm not. uh, I'm. I don't. As you mentioned before, like I don't worry about our defence. Like I don't worry about. I don't want it. I, I don't worry anymore when teams come at us. Like you know, there's Saliba's there. Like everyone's there. It's just it's, I don't worry okay, about so it. Okay, so I mean,
2: l- let's 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 then look.
0: So league-wise, mm. what will it take for us to win the league? I'm saying it doesn't always take a 25 to 30 goal a, a season striker to win you trophies. City have proven that in the past. Mm. I feel like our goals are widely spread. Across the team. And if what does it matter if one person's scoring the goals or four people are scoring the goals as long as they go in, right? So yeah. if we have a way of playing that spreads across the, go- uh, where Saka's getting 15, uh, hopefully, well, Martinelli not so much this season, but Martinelli getting 15, Odegaard getting 15, Jesus should be getting at least 15 goals, I would say. Um, you spread that across. Well, does I don't it. Think- I mean,
1: without wishing to, sort of go down that road where people sort of say, well, because Mikel worked under Pep, he's gonna sort of follow the same model. But I mean, City did win the league without a striker. Yeah,
2: yeah, they 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 played Phil Foden in the false nine, didn't they? And they were they were brilliant. And 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 they they overcame a, a magnificent Liverpool team that were at their peak. So and I know that and and that's what I that's kind of what I refer to. I think how good Pep is as much as anything else. You know, you you're yeah. not just overcoming them as a as a team. But I just think for me, to me, when I, I say what, when I asked that question a bit flippantly earlier, like what what will it take for, the, for this team to win the league? I think it's several things. Um, I think we've got to win the games that on paper we should win. Um, you know, you look at our next six games before we play City on the 31st of March. So including the two Champions League games, we've got Porto away, Newcastle at home, Sheffield United away. Brentford at home, Porto at home, Chelsea at home. So let's, let's look at the league games. All, so Newcastle, of, which, all
1: of those, I think are winnable.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Newcastle, yeah. Sheffield United, Brentford, Chelsea. I think we have to win all of those four games, which would, would leave us having been on a huge winning streak. And then that takes us into the city away game at the Etihad, where I think a lot would depend on that. I think that's one thing that we we'll need. I think we need to go on a, a massive long run. It's what's needed to win the league. Um, I think we need no injuries to key players. We've, we've. I've already spoken about on this episode so far that we've had injuries to Jesus Sinchenko and Partey and Tommy Asu as well. Um, Yuri and Timber, of course, also. We can't deal with any more. We saw that that Saliba and Tommy Asu literally killed us last season. We need, we need our key guys. to Save it, you know. If, if God forbid, if something happens to Declan Rice, you know that would be it. So I think we, I think we accept. We need a slice of luck. We're not quite the finished article, and I'm not saying that, and I'm not down on the team or the club, or whatever. And when I say I think we need a striker, I think, and I've said this before on here, I think we're still in evolution. I don't think we're the finished article yet. And I know there is, there's two or three or four, maybe even pieces of this jigsaw yet to come in and complete. I think that's what excites me so much about what is happening with Arsenal and with Mikel Arteta. I think the best is yet to come.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I
2: think if for us to win the league this year, we need, yeah, we need to, we need to have a really good winning run. We need to have the luck that we didn't have last year, um, and those those small margins. Um, we need to avoid injuries, and what we really need as well is we need Liverpool and Man City to kind of hit the hit hit the buffers a little bit, which it, it could be it, it could be doing. It could be doing. You know, as I, we just said earlier on that that Chelsea game. You know, last season Man City turned that around and win that 4-5-1 with the chances that they were creating, but they didn't, did they? You know. Liverpool, you know, we all know that you can get at Liverpool's defence and then midfield. They've, look, they're brilliant in attack and when they get on a run, particularly at home, they're formidable. But we literally played them off the pitch a couple of weeks ago. You know, it, it, it only takes a couple of more of those type of results. And, and I think City and Liverpool have to play each other as well. So they can't both get, you know, maximum points out of that. So... I feel, as I said, I, I feel, I, I, I've always said all along, I don't think we'll win the league but I feel more positive about our opportunity to win the league now than I have at any point and that's not me getting carried away because we've beaten Burnley and West Ham that's because I've seen something in the way that we play because, let's be honest, we all fancied us, look we play West Ham away, if, you want, if you've got any aspirations of winning the league, you've got to be beating West Ham if you've got any aspirations of doing anything, even getting in the Champions League you've got to beat a team like Burnley who are right down the bottom. And as I said, almost certainty is relegation, but it's not, I think Graham, you said last week, it's not just how he beat West Ham. It was the manner. And I think the same with Burnley, you know, those games have been done within an hour. We can take players off. We can rest. We can rotate. We're on cruise control. We are absolutely on cruise control. You know, stadiums get empty everywhere we go. It's amazing. We scored
1: after four minutes, James. Like, you know.
2: Oh, the handbrake was well and truly off. It was was a sensational performance. And that's the thing as well, because let me put it to you this way. If Man City had just beaten Liverpool 3-1, West Ham 6-0 and Burnley 5-0, would we all not be going worse well, what champions do? It's what amazing teams do. Yeah. Look how good they are. Look mm. how formidable they are. Arsenal yeah. do it. It's, oh, well, the wheels are going to come off. The wheels are going to come off. They'll bottle it. They'll choke it. Do you think Maybe we will? Maybe we won't.
0: Do you think we're better equipped this season than we were last season? 100% yes.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I yeah, think. I, do. Uh, and... I think the point being made that we're James, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but like not in so many words, but we do seem less emotional. Well, we're There's... calmer, we're more
2: in control, and I think yeah. that was to Dan's point about yeah. Ryan Ramsdale. You know, and look, we've got some really tough games to go. I mean, after that run that I've just spoken about, obviously mm. we know we've got City away, we've got we've got Tottenham away to come, we've got Man United away to come. I mean, look. The old cliche, it's true, we've got to go next game at a time and Auto is the next game and that's the one that we'll probably come on to next. But Uh I think, yeah, absolutely. Are we in a better place than we were last season? Yes, I think we're we're much more measured. The squad at the moment, Touchwood, seems fit. We seem re-energised. There seems to be a belief running through the team. Uh The players that we needed to kind of hit form and that we had doubts over, so guys like Kiwi or like Kai Havertz, seem to be finding their feet now. And and I think that just bodes really well. Um, oh, absolutely. If if Martinelli can add a couple of goals, then I think we really are cooking on gas then. Yeah. yeah. Out of interest, would you make any changes for Wednesday, Dan?
0: It's very hard to argue to, you know, not make, cha- like, you know, to make changes because we've just won 5-0 after winning 6-0. Mm. So to make changes to that team would seem quite silly. However, adding context to that, we're going to be away at Porto. It's going to be a really tough game. And so, to answer your question, I think I might. I might add a little bit more stability in there, Uh, stick Jorginho in to give better balance to that midfield, try and control that. And, um, yeah, maybe set up to be a little bit more counter-attacking. Who are Um, you
2: taking out? Trossard or Havertz? I'm assuming it would be one of those two would
0: yeah um i would probably take out kai i mean he's been really good these past couple of games um but as i said just for i don't know away from home i just feel like you need to be more more stable more solid i'm not saying porto are world beaters and to be honest if we did go out and attack I'd, i still think we could cause them damage saying that there's I no mean, i think way... one
2: of the things probably to, to to go on to that point where you just say about we could do them damage. There's no away goals isn't there anymore. So there's not really the incentive to go and to go and play so attacking.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say is that because the way the away goal rule isn't there anymore. Um, You just go and win, really, if it's 1-0, 2-0, whatever it is, um, just get the W and bring them back to the Emirates, finish the job there. Um, But, you know, that's just me being quite cautious um if gabby jesus is fit i think he should start um again away from home i think that intensity that high press i think is important um and his champions league record is fantastic as well so i just think he goes back in if he's fit
2: yeah i i make it hard to argue with you to be honest with you um while I have just eulogized about keeping the same team and saying that we found a balance and I'm, I'm I'm kind of a little bit loathe because on one hand, I don't want to change a winning team because then you don't want to, you don't want to lose momentum. Um, but then at this by the same token of saying that, um, this, at the same time, you know, you want to keep this team as fresh as possible. And, and if this is the team to play against Newcastle, you, you don't want to needlessly run them into the ground. Um, you know, we've got 13 finals to go, um, the the cliche in the league and then whatever the, the champions league brings us. Um, yeah, I, I would like to hope that we would, um, that we would mix it up a little bit. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if Gabriel Jesus is is fit. I don't know if either of you know, I wouldn't rotate too much. I wouldn't be think. I wouldn't be like, you know, bringing in, you know, the FA cup team, you know, Smith, um, smith rowe or nelson or, or those mm. guys i think we've, we've at the end of the day as graham said it's the first time we've been in the champions league knockouts for seven odd years i think yeah. you can't you can't underestimate the challenge that porter will bring um they've obviously got a good domestic record as well mm. um well that's you know, the under- was the thing was often said about Perry. um
1: when we were playing in europa league so it sort of seems like oh this is a chance for us to rotate you know um and that you know, often seems like a, a, a good argument, but actually, if you're if you need to rotate to that extent, like we're not, it doesn't seem like our squad is that. Um, I think the difference. I think like, the difference there. You know, we we the... tend to have like a you know, a, as opposed to back then when we you know when we were playing in Europa League, we had basically a first eleven. A lot of them were quite ropey, but then we also had a lot of people on the bench were quite ropey. You know, like when you see. um...
2: Talking about ropey, have you seen the team when we last played Porto in the round of 16? (laughs) Um, I've been on the UEFA website. So when we beat Porto 5 0 at home, our lineup was Manuel Almunia, Bakary Sanya, Sol Campbell, his second stint, 35 year old overweight Sol Campbell, Um, not unlike myself. Uh, Thomas from Ireland, Girl Mm. Clichy, Andre Arshavin, Abu Diaby, Alex Song. Samir and scored a wonderful goal in that game. Thomas Rosicki and then a hat trick by the main man, number B fifty two, Nicholas Bentner. So, um, mm. talking oh, about ropey teams, um, what a genius Arsene Wenger was, and that team eventually got to the Champions League semi final. So, it just goes to show what can happen. Um, and ask you, please I think, something? I think when in terms of the Europa League, I, I just wanted to say that I think the big difference was mm-hmm. quite clearly, despite what us fans think, because we see it as a trophy and a European trophy that we could win and we would all have loved it to have won it. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah, Most people that um, are involved in football, it seems, particularly at the high level, just look at the Europa League as just the means to get back in the Champions League. Like, it's just Champions League at all costs. And it was clear when we were picking the team that we were trying to get fourth in the league and, you know, trying
0: to have a bit of a dual threat. And in the end, I think we end up doing neither. But What game do you reckon is more important? The one on Wednesday or the one on Saturday? Because, um, um, you know, if you had a choice of, if you could only win one of those games, which one would it be?
2: I think that the more pertinent question is, if you could win only one of those competitions, what would it be?
0: Because that's effectively what you're asking. <laughs> um,
2: look, I, I've I've said all along, I, I think we've got a better chance of winning the Champions League than we have of winning the Premier League. So based on that, I would say the Porto game, But I've got to be honest, I think the league is harder to win and we've gone for a club like Arsenal to go 20 years without winning the league. I think I'd rather win the league. But then again, from being out on Saturday, as you know, there was a group of Chelsea fans that were very, very annoying singing about they're the only team in London with a European Cup and the fact they've got two really, really... Greats on me, so I'd love to win the Champions League. Um I guess it'd be uh, like yeah, choosing yeah, between one of be your crazy. kids. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, do you know? What, I'm probably going to say winning the league. I think. I think winning the league. I think mm. would be incredible to win the league. I really yeah. do. I really, really do. Um, but then again, to be champions of Europe would be exceptional as well. Look, it sounds. Like I they, mean, could they, we not? Could we? Not very, start. very early days, but.
1: I know, I know. The thing that's funny about your question, Dan, is like, ultimately, both of us are just going to say, like, well, both of them. Like, would you prefer to win both of them? Um, who, who would you prefer to be relegated, uh, Manchester United or Spurs? Both of them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not... Uh... I actually agree with James. I think us winning the Champions League is... You agree oh, with James? Know. You mean it's... by
0: sitting on the fence and not knowing what one to pick?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what do you think, then? Yeah.
0: What do I think?
1: Mm. Well. Yeah. Listen, the one who posed the question. Well,
0: <laughs> Go on. I think we've already won the league in you know the best possible whatever fashion. you mean. I think we've completed that. I think ours is winning
2: unbeaten. Listener, I think he's referring to by the way, not not as in uh, we've got the league in the
0: bag this season oh sorry was that not clear sorry my apologies um so we've already been that up yeah we've already won the league in our history and Mm. ours is gold which is a feat that's unmatched what we haven't done
1: yet we've never won the european cup or the champions league
0: exactly my point right so just yeah to shut everyone up because i am fed up about it Mm. and I may sound hypocritical because I always say that the league is harder to win than the Champions League. I think winning this year's league would be so impressive considering City and Liverpool and how strong their teams are. And essentially, the Champions League is a cup competition, right? It's a glorified cup competition. And so, Mm. you know, there's been winners in the past where they haven't been the best team in Europe. Chelsea being a prime example when they won it twice were nowhere near the best team in Europe. However, twice twice they were nowhere near the best yeah. team. Yeah. However, mm. there is no dispute, and you can't argue the fact that they won it. And so I think Arsenal need that. And bearing in mind, I still mm. I would put more importance on the Newcastle game simply because our margin for error in the league is not there anymore. Whereas if you lose in Porto, you still have a chance to rectify that in the home leg. So if we was to take a 1-0, 2 1 loss, go to Newcastle yeah. and win that game, and then beat Porto in the return leg, we're back in business, baby.
1: There we go. But ultimately, what we really want is to um win every single game. Is to go to Port. I was actually gonna say we should we need to go to Porto and empty their stadium. Because that's what, that's we, what we do. do that's innit? What we do. Do you know what? what I just? I just
2: um, as a kind of like a, as a like a last sort of point on mm. on that kind of Newcastle Porto thing. Um, I suppose ultimately, to get off the fence, what I really want to see happen is that when we arrive at the empty had see what I did there as, you know, empty stadiums everywhere. we go. When Ooh, we arrive at the empty head on okay. the 31st of March, I want us to be in a position where we've qualified for the champions league quarterfinals. And we've got a realistic chance that if we beat man city at the Etihad, we can potentially win the league. And if we don't do that and we can't win the league and, and, and all the champions league, or whatever, then what will be, will be. But I just want us to ride this way for as long as we possibly can and see where it goes. Because for too long, this great football club, um, have been out of that. You know, we, we haven't been, we haven't won the league for 20 years. We've been in how many title races in that 20 year period? Two, maximum three, maybe. Um The Champions League have had a couple of tilts where we've kind of been outsiders and found ourselves in the semi finals. I suppose, the last time we had obviously the great run was when we got to the final in 2006 and we all know what happened there. So, I see there's openings in both and I think we've just got to ride it for as long as possible and you know what, maybe, maybe listener when we record this podcast on the first or maybe actually we should record on the 2nd of april um i hope we're in a position <laughs> where we're talking about although it may seem unlikely what we're daring to dream and we could talk about a double might be getting a bit ahead of myself Aww. here um but you oh, know what that, that's what happens that's when you beat Tottenham time six that's nil you dream. beat burnley five 0, you empty stadiums out you put in scintillating performances you have it done and dusted within an hour gives you license to dream
0: right balls are tingling balls are tingling thanks for listening to whatever the weather another arsenal podcast if you didn't think we were talking absolute nonsense and want to hear more from us you can follow us on social media at twitter and instagram at wtw 1985 or simply search whatever the weather